Welcome to Speaking the Truth in Agape Love Podcast. I'm your host, Chad Mitchell. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. I'm Chad Mitchell. I've got uh, we've got some uh, special guests with us uh, joining uh, David Finch. So we got David Finch. How's it going, guys? We got David Porter. Hello. And Ethan. I don't know your last name, Ethan. Jennings. Hey, y'all. <laughs> okay, Ethan Jennings. All right, good. And so uh, we're excited to have a study with you tonight. Um, these guys are uh, still a ways away from me. But we're with all the technology, we're we're able to get together and have a good study with you tonight. And we're going to be studying from uh, we're going to be studying the keys to Bible reading. And so uh, I think we got a pretty good um, uh, study put together for you this evening. And so we're going to be reading from Psalms one nineteen some. And uh, so you're welcome to turn over there. Um, but I think what we'll do is just go ahead and jump in. Uh, if you have any questions, you can send us an email at truth in agape. Um, let's see, uh, truth in agape love at gmail.com. And uh, that's on the link. So you can click on that. Send us if you have any questions or comments. We'd love to hear from you. So, with that, uh, David Finch, we can get started. We got two David, so we got Finch and Porter. So, we'll try to go that way so we don't get confused who's talking. Yeah, you have to specify now. <laughs> <laughs> so, we'll, we'll start with. Um, a good key verse to, to think about as we go through this. I was going to have Porter read Psalm 119, verse 18, to get us started. Okay. Well, Psalms 119, verse 18. Open thine my eyes, that I might behold wondrous things out of thy law. All right. So open my eyes. He's sitting here talking about digging into the word of God, as, as we talked about last time meditation and, and study open my eyes so that I may observe your law you know much of, of the religious division going on today really starts with with some a lot of problems around just this point you know some of the problems that we face are things like reading to prove your point you know I call it having a dog in the fight I'm going to go to the to the scripture to prove myself right rather than saying, okay, I'm going to humble myself and I'm going to believe whatever God tells me. A good verse for this is Matthew four, six, Ethan, do you want to read that for us? Sure. And said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down for it is written. He will command his angels concerning you and on their hands, they will bear you up so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. All righty. And so another point that we we have an issue with is reading with prejudice. So almost yeah. reading into the, the scripture rather than letting the scripture tell you what it's saying, you know, right along the lines with with reading to prove your point. John 7, 40 through 44. I'll go ahead and read that. It says, therefore, many from the crowd, when they heard this saying, said, truly, this is the prophet. Others said, this is the Christ. But some said, will the Christ come out of Galilee? Has not the scripture said that the Christ comes from the seed of David and from the town of Bethlehem where David was? So there was a division among the people because of him. 
Now some of them wanted to take him, but no one laid hands on him. So the point is, is they weren't looking at all of the the scripture. And, and as they're talking about, doesn't it say? Well, they're referring back to the old law, calling out the these passages of prophecy throughout the old law. Funny enough, both he he was born in Galilee, but then he was raised in Nazareth. Or he was born in Bethlehem. Did I say Galilee? Yeah. He was born in Bethlehem, but then soon after went back up to Galilee. So you have these issues where they're reading the scripture with prejudice. They're not looking at the Bible as a whole. Chad, I know that we've talked about this before. How many times have people just go to the scripture and point out one verse like John yeah. 3, 16, he believes well, in, in my son will be saved. Well, that's not the only thing that you have to do. There's a lot more to it. And they then they just take that verse and then shut the Bible and say, all right, then I believe. And that's all I got to do. Yeah. And I think, too, you know, the, the Bible should mold us, okay, as humans into what God wants us to be, right? And if we're going to God's word, you know, some people say, well, I, I got to find religion, you know, uh, and so but I got to find one that'll that'll let me drink alcohol. I got to find one that'll let me, you know, have be married and and, re, and remarried, you know, so they've already got all this baggage that they try to uh, justify themselves through his scripture, but they're not molding themselves to God's word. They're they're trying to mold the word to them, you know. And I think we've, a, we, we, we all know other, we've all kind of used this example or we've known people who've done the same thing. Yeah, that's a very good point to bring out. You know, they, what church will fit me? They, yeah. You know, they, they kind of go into, well, I'm going to find someone that'll let me do what I want. Rather <laughs> than to rather, change mm -hmm. this. Yeah, exactly. I'm willing to change this about me, but I'm not willing to change that. So let's find yeah. a congregation that will allow me to keep that. You yeah. know, all of this, they never come to the scripture with what does God want from me? Yeah, you know, exactly. Not recognizing, you know, the, the fact that he's already given us so much more than we deserve. He's, mm -hmm. he's allowed his son to come down to earth, leaving his home in glory to come down to earth to show us how to get to him, to be the perfect example for us. And then he shed his innocent blood for us. He yeah. was willing to do something like that to give us hope. And then we go to his word. What else can I get from you, God? <laughs> As if that's, yeah. you know, already way too much. I'm thinking of the verse, um, work out your own salvation. You know, Philippians uh, that's what yeah. each... That's what each one of us have to do, okay? Um, and it's led us to his church, to Christ's church, right? As we look into God's word, we we read from it, and we try to mold ourselves to the word, what God wants us to do and how he wants us to act. And that's what's landed us where, where all of us really where we're at, you know? Yeah. By doing our best, and we say it all the time, don't trust my word, don't take my word for it. Don't take your word for it. What, you know, 
uh, take God's word. And what, what is it saying? What does it say for us to do? And, and, you know, I think that that's part of the keys to reading the Bible, you know, what does the Bible say? Absolutely. It doesn't matter what the, a lot of people put a lot of stock in the preacher Porter. We, you've brought that up a, a bunch where, uh, the preacher, well, the preacher said this, well, does the Bible say it too? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Turn over to Philippians 2.12. Let's look at this passage and actually examine it. Like you okay. brought out the, the back end of it, but even notice what it says at the beginning of the passage as well in Philippians 2.12. I was going to have someone else read this, but I'll read it because I'm, I'm going to stop in the middle of it. Okay. <laughs> but at the beginning, it says, Therefore, my beloved, as you always obey. So keep in mind, these brethren always obey. They're already obeying. And he says, not as in my presence only. And Chad, we've talked about this in the past. As we were talking in Galatians, it seemed like they were doing things behind his back. While he wasn't there, they were kind of going off doing their own thing. Rather than being faithful to the Lord, they would only be faithful while he was there. Right. Here, the brethren in, 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 the, uh, in Philippi, even in his absence, they're still being obedient. But then after that, at the end, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. So the only way that you can really work out your own salvation is to have the right heart towards God. You know, when you have the right heart towards God, you're going to continue to be faithful. And a part of continuing to be faithful is to fear God and keep his commandments. You know? Yeah. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. So many times you hear people talk about, well, want to rely on the grace of God. Well, the grace of God is going to abound on me, and, and it doesn't matter what I do. That's not taught in Scripture, you know? And I don't know. What do you guys think about it? Well, one of the things is, so is look at this. Chad, it kind of ties right into uh, what we did in uh, uh, our training session here we talk about bible reading as uh david mentioned first thing we're given we gotta go read first timothy six times and i'm thinking six times and yeah. what that does is if i came with a bias or prejudice towards what i thought first timothy uh meant the first time i read it okay i probably still have but i can tell you after reading it that third time all your biases are gone because now okay. you're, if you're in a point where it's almost you're meditating on those words and and, and the question came up, you know, you have a, a Bible on your phone and apps and stuff. And some of the, we have some young folks. We actually have someone here that's actually younger than Paxson. He's the, um, oh, yeah. uh, the Marty. Marty. Marty's 13. 12. 12. He's, okay, 12. he's 12. And so he's here. But what it did was after that third time, it almost made me feel, you know, at 63, here we got a 13-year-old or 12-year-old, you're reading the same words, and the words mean what the words say, and you lose that bias. It gives you that opportunity to focus right. on it. It kind of ties what we're doing tonight with what we've been doing all week is reading the Bible for understanding without a, a prejudice of what you want the answer to be. So yeah. I think it's tied in real well for us. That's a really good point to bring out. Continue to read it, you know. Yeah. And, and again, I, I don't know if we talked about it or we're going to talk about it. Context is key. 
Yes. I know I've mentioned that before. Yes. Context mm -hmm. is key to understanding. And when you have a bias or you're prejudiced or you're coming in with a thought behind it already, get that out. When you continue to read and keep it in the context, yeah. read the whole book. Read it two, three times. And you're going to realize who's talking, who he's talking to, yeah. and what it's designed for. You know, and that 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 alone will eliminate so many issues we see because they'll just read one verse, rip it out of context because they don't understand what is being talked about in it. Yeah. You got something, right? Uh, I was just thinking back uh, to your point about uh, uh, there in Philippians uh, chapter two, uh, when you mentioned uh, uh, work out your own salvation. Mm -hmm. um, I'm just kind of reminded of that statement in uh, Acts chapter 2, uh, verse uh, 40, where uh, they said to be to be saved, or some translations say, save yourselves from this perverse generation. And sadly, so many people don't realize salvation does depend on our response. Yeah, on our, that's a very good point to bring out, on our responsibility, you know, and Mm -hmm. People misunderstand that point where we're trying to say, you know, you have some part of uh, you can work out your, you know, you can work out your salvation with with works. That's not what we're saying. It, it's a combination of things. Obedience. Our obedience is one step to to saving yourself. One of right. what fifteen we talked about, right? Yeah, there's like fifteen thing. steps and. And by the way, Chad, I'm going to have so many lessons from this, okay, an endless good. amount of lessons. So, <laughs> you know, guys, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of a good example that kind of goes along with this. Uh, you remember uh, how um, Jesus, the 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 miracle that he did with the the woman and her sons, uh, where he um, made it so where they they uh, produced oil um but they they had to go find their own vessels there was work that they had yes. to do before they received the the benefit that's a very good point you you know where it's at yeah i believe john john chapter two is that the is that the when he turned the water to no not water to wine oh i got you so he went to the woman and, and she was she wanted her some son, help. I think just her son they were starving, and she said, "Yeah, we're going to eat the rest of this and die." And he said, "That was make Elijah. a cake, make it." It was yeah. Elijah. Yeah. It was yeah. Elijah. Yeah, that's right. It was Elijah. It wasn't Jesus. I'm sorry. Yeah, you threw me I, off. I have hard time remembering. I have hard time remembering. It was Elijah. Yeah. And so what he ended up doing was he said, "Make some, make a cake for me, and oh, then go said, collect the bottles." You have it. Yep. First, uh, first. Excuse me. First Kings chapter seventeen. Let's turn over there. First Kings 17. Because yeah. I think this is a great example because uh, it wasn't just given to them. There was work that they had to do to receive the blessing. And, and I think that relates to us as being Christians. Uh, there's work that we have to do in order to receive the blessing. Absolutely. Very good point. Yeah. Because that this does perfectly illustrate our point. Uh, let's start. Uh, let me see. First Kings chapter two, is that what you said? 
17. First Kings chapter oh. 17. Where do you think okay. we should start, Ethan? Probably verse, uh, I would say verse 8. Verse 8. Yeah, you want verse to read 8, for yeah. Sure. 8 through 16. Then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Arise, go to Zarephath which belongs to Sidon, and stay there. Behold, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. So he arose and went to Zarephath. And he went and he came to the gate of the city. Behold, a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, Please get me a little water in a jar that I might drink. As she was going to get it, he called to her and said, Please bring me a piece of bread in your hand. But she said, As the Lord your God lives, I have no bread only a handful of flour in the bowl and a little oil in the jar. And behold, I am gathering a few sticks that I may go in and prepare for me and my son, that we may eat it and die. Then Elijah said to her, do not fear, go, do as you have said, but make me a little bread cake from it first and bring it out to me. And afterward, you may make one for yourself and for your son. For thus says the Lord God of Israel, the bowl of flour shall not be exhausted, nor shall the jar of oil be empty until the day that the Lord sends rain on the face of the earth. So she went and did according to the word of Elijah, and she and he and her household ate for many days. The bowl of flour was not exhausted, nor did the jar of oil become empty, according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke through Elijah. Yeah. yeah. So notice they had to gather bins. And but they never ran dry. Now imagine if they didn't go in and collect those bins. Mm -hmm. You know, obeying the word of God is key. So you yeah. don't just hear it, but you do it. You know, being a doer, and that's how we save ourselves by obeying the word of God. You know, it, <clears throat> there's this belief out there that you. All you have to do is have faith or once saved, always saved. Scripture does not imply that even from the beginning, God's plan was never that way. God had already promised his children this promised land. Dragging them through the will, not dragging, taking them through the wilderness, leading them through the wilderness. And then they get to the promised land after they had already been promised this promised land, what did they have to do before they went in? They had to fight for it. They had to work for it. Mm -hmm. This is the same God whom we serve. Yes, he sent his son for his son to, sh to shed his innocent blood for us. Yeah. He's already done that. But that doesn't well, mean that we don't sit back and do anything. We have to fight for it. We have to yeah. work for it. And that's why I was saying the key to this, all of this, is it's not just going to smack you between the eyes. You know, I like to use that phrase a lot because yeah. sometimes we expect things that quick, especially in this day and age where we we have endless amounts of information at our fingertips on our phones. We can Google uh, anything that, and have the information just immediately. And so we're, we're kind of in this world where we expect things to happen right now. And with not very much work, it's easy peasy, right? And right. and and to be a Christian, there's work involved. There's there's obedience. There's a there's uh you know we have to we have to work every day at it, and um you know um 
gird our you know, loins, whatever, and, and go to work and, and, and it, and, and we don't ever retire from it. You know, it's a life yeah. commitment. It's a life commitment. Then, that... Go ahead. And I was just going to say, and they, um, one of our works is to read the Bible, to read what yeah. God wants and expects out of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're talking Ethan, about one of them tonight. Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead Ethan. Oh. I was just going to say, I think I may have quoted for you the wrong story. Are you talking about? Uh, yeah, it's actually uh, it's actually Second Kings 4. Yeah, I just found it. <laughs> the one that I'm thinking like, of. <laughs> but the one that you brought up is the same. It's exactly the same. They have yeah. work to do to receive the blessing. It, it, That's it's, right. It's, 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 a, it's the same example. That's why it, I didn't say anything. I, well, I, I got to do. Right. I got to work. I was I wasn't even paying attention, but you're right because he was. But can imagine the 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 faith that she had to have. Yeah. Giving Elijah the first part. <laughs> Here she is getting ready to to fix the last that she had to feed mm-hmm. and die, but yet for whatever reason he's like, no, first make me a cake, then you can make yourself one. Yeah. Faith yeah. that okay, I'll do that then. You know. Yeah. So, yeah. Both cases, it, both relied on works before that salvation came. Yeah. Well, and I think too, like the one that the one of Elisha and the widow with the oil. You know, she had to go in in verse two of chapter four. Says so. Elisha said to her, "What shall I do for you? Tell me what to do. Let's see. Uh, tell me what to do. You have in the house." And she said, "Yours." Maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. That's all she had. Then he says, go and borrow vessels from everywhere, from all of your neighbors, empty vessels. Do not gather just a few. And when you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons and pour it into all those vessels. So he could have just give them because she says she don't have any money. You know, he could just give her the money and, you know, David Porter, we've talked about this with maybe uh, folks that ask us for for money. You know, sometimes it's better to go down to the grocery store and actually buy the groceries for them. Don't just give them the money, buy the groceries. And and a lot of times they'll refuse that because they just want the money. Yeah. 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 I've actually uh, my grandfather, uh, he used to serve as a deacon. And at one point, a. uh, a woman came into the church asking for money and he would sometimes help out with that out of his own personal pocket, of course. And uh, he one time took a, a lady to the, uh, she wanted gas money. And so we took her to the gas station. And while they were at the gas station, he tried to uh, preach the gospel to her and, you know, try and reason with her to try and, you know, bring yeah. her to Christ. And her words as he was trying to preach to her, I guess, was, uh, you know, just basically, uh, if I can recall the story correctly, it was, uh, I- I'm here just to get gas. I don't want any preaching. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and, yeah. and we, you know, we, it, th- those are tough situations because God, God be the judge, you know, and, and we, we can't know anyone's heart, but, uh, you know, they're, uh, we don't want to be in a crutch for them, you know? Yeah. Um, but, and so that's, that's kind of a, a little bit 
uh, it's a tough situation to be in, but rather than just giving them money, this is a great example to like have them do some work for it a little bit. Don't make it easy. And of course we're talking about kind of how this relates to being a Christian too. You know, we're just not going to get it handed to us, you know? That's right. And, and so what we're trying to do is to try to get you to understand that you need to read your Bible and, and not just read it, but comprehend it. Yeah. Read it with trying to understand what God wants you to do from it. Mm-hmm. You know, and if you don't act and you don't work, you'll never come to the knowledge of the truth. You know, and it, Chad, we've said this before, actually. Can your kids please you if they don't know how to please you? No. <laughs> no. Yeah. And we're imperfect parents, right? Like there's sure. we have no idea how to please our parents if they don't tell us. How do we mm-hmm. think that we would ever be able to please God if we have no idea what he expects from us? Yeah. You know, Jeremiah 10:23. God is even pointing out to us right here. Jeremiah 10:23. He says, oh, Lord, I know the way of man is not in himself. It is not in man who walks to direct his own steps. We don't yeah. know how to direct our own steps. And that's why we read the Bible. God well, is directing our steps for us through his word. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, I use this analogy before, um, you know, in man, it's not in us to direct our own steps. Uh, we're not like animals. Uh, a dog, you can take a puppy um, and throw him in the water and he'll swim to the other side and get out. Okay, throw him in a canal. Well, wh- how in the world did he learn to swim? It's a, it's a natural instinct in the animal, in the dog to, to swim. Uh, but But man, we all have to be taught how to do everything. Okay? Uh, our kids are not going to just clean their room on the you know but without us telling them go ahead uh ethan did you have something i was just kind of reminded of uh proverbs 14 uh verse uh, let's see here uh verse 12 where it says there is a way which seems right to a man but it's in that's also likewise uh that same exact statement is made in chapter 16 uh verse uh, uh 25 yeah, mm-hmm. very that good. Is a point. Very good point. You know, again, it goes back to not being able to direct our own steps. We think it's right, you know. Yeah. But well, I feel that it's right, or I believe it's right. You know what? You can't direct your own steps. You may think it's right, but the way of its end is destruction. The, what he's illustrating there is at the end, at Judgment Day, it's going to be destruction for you. You mm-hmm. will not have that internal or the eternal inheritance that is promised to us. If you don't do what he says, you don't know how to get there. Let Christ, the only one who has ever been there, let him guide you there. Let him tell you how to get there. Mm -hmm. And he does that through his word. Mm -hmm. Um, I think another good point too, David is uh, reading about God's word rather than spending time reading God's word. Yeah. See, that's we don't want to read. We don't want to read about his word. We want to read his word. Yeah. 
Yeah. You want to take it straight from the source. You know, yeah. too many people want to throw in their feelings or their opinions in the matter. You know, we see that in politics. A lot of people want to throw in their feelings. Yeah. Scripture, your feelings don't matter. Your opinions don't matter. The only opinion that matters is what does God say? Yeah, very good point. Even Jesus, as he is talking to people, he refers people, have you not read? Yeah. Referring to the Old Testament. Um, David, can you read Matthew 12 and read verses 3 and 5? 3 and 5, okay. And one of the things, too, uh, when we're talking about that, they were talking about, uh, they told all the preachers to me, because I'm a teacher more than a preacher. Yeah. What they mentioned was, uh, they said, we'll keep, come to your building where you worship at and go look at your shelves and see whether you're preaching on what somebody said about the Bible or whether you were talking about the Bible just based on the books that you have and the references within those. So it definitely yeah. goes over again with what we're talking about here. You wanted me to read three and five? Or? Yeah, Matthew chapter 12. Yep. Verses 3 and verse 5. 3 and 5. And the Bible reads, chapter th- uh, 12, verse 3. But he said unto them, Have ye not heard what David did when he was hungry and did that with those who were with him? That's verse four, 3. Verse 5 says, Or have ye not read in the law how that on the Sabbath day the priests in the temple profane the Sabbath, and, uh, and are they blameless? Yeah. So he refers them back to the law of Moses, you know, as during this time, they're still living in the law of Moses. So he's, have you not read what the law says? You know, it's always referring back to the word of God. Have you not read? You know, and this is the Savior himself saying this, you know, and in John 1, 1, Christ is the word of God. But yet he expects God expects his children, his people, to read his law and not just read it, but understand it. That's the other side of it. And I'm sure we can get into that later. But reading it to comprehend it, not with bias, not with prejudice, but just reading it in its purity. And by, yeah. by purity is just keeping it in context. You know, when you take it out of context, you're starting your own faith. Essentially, yeah. you're you're not preaching Christ at that point. You're not preaching the word of God. You have to to keep it as what it is. Well, and we kind of talked about this in our class um, Sunday morning this last week. Uh, you know, and I bring this up all the time. If you want to create a, a law or a standard, you know, and... Um, you write it down, okay? And that way it can't be changed. It's wrote down, you got the rules, and, you know, David Porter, you out there, you know, dealing with nuclear things. If there's a procedure in something, they write it down, and everyone follows it. And you don't deviate right. from it, otherwise you're going to kill somebody, right? Or a lot of somebody. Um, it could be a lot of somebody. Yeah. <laughs> right, you're going to kill a lot of somebodies, yeah. And so yeah. the beauty of God's word, as we talk about it, here is it's been wrote down 2000 plus years ago for us uh so that it doesn't change you know and and you you can go across the world and and worship with a congregation of christians and it's still the same as what you're doing on the other side of the world okay 
And yeah. it's because we're all following that same standard. What's been written down, God's word, as we read it, we can understand, and it makes us one, you know, one church, one, one, you know, we're all doing exactly the same thing because we're following the same standard. Yeah. And, you know, we have stolen this and we've said it before and we stole it from David Porter, actually. Yeah. If it's new, it's not true. And if it's true, then it's not new. You know, yeah, right. there's this new faith out there. It's not true. It's not yeah. the church that Christ established in AD 33. You know, if yeah. it's later than AD 33, it's not true. And well, and we, you know, go ahead, Chad. Oh, well, I was just going to say, we, I don't mean to cut you off, <laughs> but no, we look good. at a car. I've seen a car that's uh, was made in the 1920s. Okay. That's a hundred year old car. Wow. And that's old, old, and it still runs. Okay. Um, that is really old, but it's nothing compared to God's word. Just think how old, how old God's word is. And I tell people all the time when I've brought this up that, yeah, the the church I go to was established in Acts chapter two. And they just kind of look at you like, what? (laughs) You know, yeah, but it was. And, and that was over 2000 years ago, you know? Yeah. Uh, and and that's old. That's old. <laughs> that's right. You know, and I think we really underappreciate having the written word in front of us. Yeah. You yeah. know, too many people take it for granted. When Christ was talking to these in a, in the context, I don't know who he was speaking to, but as Christ was talking to them, he says, haven't you read? Going the Pharisees, haven't you read talking about the old law? But you know what? They didn't have it written down like we do today. And keeping in mind, you know, they had to go to the scribes and the scribes would tell them or, you know, they didn't just have they couldn't go to Walmart and just pick up any translation they wanted. Right. They it was they didn't have it written down. And yet, look, Christ still expected them to know it, still expected mm-hmm. them to read it. How can well, we think that we can stand before God on Judgment Day, not reading his Bible, thinking that ignorance is okay, not reading it? We're blessed to have the written word of God in front of us. We are so mm-hmm. blessed to have it. And let's not ever take take that for granted, but rather just take advantage of it. You know, let's yeah. be the best we can be for him and let's study his word to be better for him. It's about serving God, not ourselves. Hey, Chad. Yes, sir. Remember, I thought when you said uh, it's the same here as it is the other side of the world, I thought maybe you saw on your screen that we're in London, but it's London, Kentucky. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, well, you guys are... You guys are far enough away. You're in Kentucky and I'm in Idaho. Yeah, it's just... But it's London. But it, it's London, Kentucky. And he was saying, don't think that we're in London, UK. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. okay. Yeah, yeah, right. Oh, no. Where did you guys, you guys got on the wrong plane. <laughs> well, and, and yeah, you know, that's I, uh... the beauty of it. And for me, yeah. it's a faith builder. Because when you go see brethren in another place, and you, you, you're, you're, 
you immediately have a connection with them. Um, you know, I met a brother down in, in Florida on, on our trip this year. And we only talked, we, we worship with him three times. The last time we worship with him, he, he said, next time you guys come, you're staying at our place. Don't, don't waste your money on Airbnb. You guys just stay with us. We'd love to have you. We'll host you, whatever you guys got going, you better call us when you come back, you know? And, and it's because of that, uh, brotherly love that you have with, with, with brethren and you're on the same page, you know, Yeah. you know, uh, you have the same beliefs, uh, in, in, in our Lord. And, you know, it's just a beautiful thing, you know, it is. And, and if you don't know, Chad has four kids. And so yeah. the host, not just him and his wife, but the four kids as well, <laughs> you know, yeah, you have to really love somebody to oh yeah let them and yeah. their children come into your house, you know. Well, and <laughs> and you know, um, it didn't take them very long, I guess, to to realize the 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 camaraderie that that you have, you know, yeah, um, through Christ. And it's I would do the same thing. thing. I would do the same thing for them, you know. Really, that's the attitude we need to have for for all brethren. Um, yeah. Um, but but. Yeah, go ahead. To prove another point that you were making, you know, we travel across across the country, across the world, and we're all worshiping God the same way. How do we do that? His His Word. We're reading the same book. We're reading yeah. the same book, and so that's how we can travel anywhere, and we're still in unison together. We're united in the Lord and His Word. So. Take advantage of it. Don't take it for granted. Ethan, you had something. Oh, I just wanted to say, you know, you think about how so so many religious organizations say that, you know, we cannot understand the Bible alike. Well, Jesus said, uh, uh, pray to the Father in uh, seven, uh, John 17, uh, mm-hmm. verses 20 and 21. I do not ask on behalf of these alone, talking about the apostles, mm-hmm. but also for those who believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, even as you, Father, are in me, and I in you. And, and he, yep. with us wanting, with Jesus praying for us to be united as he and the Father are one, well, well, how are they one? And then you look at uh, various places, like seven, chapter 17, verse 4, I have glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work which you have given me to do. Uh, verse 8 of the same chapter, for the works which you gave to me, I have given to them, and perhaps the most powerful, 17 verse 17, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. The Father and the Son were united in all things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when people say, you know, we can't understand it, when you look at 2 Timothy 2.15, be diligent or study to show yourself approved unto the Lord. A workman needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Same thing going back to what Ethan was talking about. Why would he tell us to study it if he knows you're never going to understand it? <laughs> yeah. He's not mm-hmm. going to tell you to do useless things. You can understand it, but you have mm-hmm. to put in the effort into it. You have yeah. to love the Lord enough to go to his word and find out what he wants for you. Yeah. All goes back to reading it and not and reading it with the right heart, you know, wanting to prove God right, not yourself right, or someone else right, or your kids right. Proving God right. That's how you go to the Word. Well, and I think, too, also, uh, you know, 
when Jesus came, he fulfilled the old law. And we have so many examples that, that, that go back and forth from the prophecies in the Old Testament and Isaiah um, that uh, prove the New Testament. Um, you know, when Jesus, when Jesus uh, was born, it was something like 30 or 40 prophecies fulfilled you know, in the, in his early, early part of his life, you know, and the yeah. probability of that happening, a mathematician, it's like, I don't, I don't remember the, the numbers, David, maybe you can remember, it was, but it was literally, I think you just said only Christ could do that. Yeah. There's, <laughs> I think that was no the way. final analysis. Only Christ could do that. Yeah. There's no way that that just happened, you know, that's right. Um, it was to prove God's word. And, you know, another, another point I was going to bring up too, is when, when Paul was uh, arrested and put on a, a you know, uh, appealed to Caesar. I remember his shipwreck, you know, yeah. when they got to Rome, what, what did he do? He, he, he met with brethren in Rome. Yeah. How did he, how was their brethren in Rome, you know? Yeah. Uh, especially that early on. Uh, and it, and they didn't even have the completed word yet. Right. But well, and but the, there the was brethren there. Times were the word. You know, they were the ones presenting the word to them. And again, that goes back to the whole reason why they needed the the gifts from the Holy Spirit. You know, the, the being able to lay on the hands and heal and, and all that it was to prove that they were from god that the word that i'm saying is true and from god because only god could heal you and if i'm not if i'm speaking blasphemous god will not allow me to heal you and so that that was the whole point behind the gift from the holy spirit because they didn't have the full word of god in front of us and then when you look at at first corinthians 13 that's been a hot topic at, at congregation for for a yeah. little bit yes it has or not a hot topic a topic we oftentimes go to first corinthians 13 i think we talked about this in class today too starting in we'll just go to um we'll start in verse eight and i'll, I'll read the following it says love never fails but whether there are prophecies they will fail whether there are tongues, they will cease. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away with. See, the point he's making here is, you know, all of these prophecies, they were in play because they only knew in part. They didn't have the full revelation. And in verse 10, as it says, when that which is perfect has come, notice the context. As I said, context is key. When that which is perfect has come. So he's talking in the text that it hasn't come yet. But when, when this letter was written to the church in Corinth, Christ, the perfect Savior, has already come, died, resurrected, and ascended to heaven. So what is this perfect he's talking about? Another word for perfect is complete. He's talking about the word of God. So when that word, which is perfect, 
when it is completed, all of that will be all of that which was in part or the parts of working in the, the Holy Spirit, all of that will be done away with. Again, keys to reading the Bible is to understand the Bible. How many people think today that we still have these, these miraculous gifts in people? Mm-hmm. Paul is stating right here that all of that will be done away with when the perfect has come or when the perfected word of God is complete, then all of that will be done away with because there's no more need for it. Go ahead. I'm kind of reminded from that statement of Psalm 19 where it says the law of the Lord is perfect. Yeah. Restoring yeah. the soul. Psalm 19, or excuse me, sorry. Psalm 19, verse 7. Psalm 19, verse 7. We've been in Psalm 119 for a little bit, so that's why you said mm. that. <laughs> But yeah, no, absolutely. Chad, did you have something to add to that? No. Okay. So I did a good job then. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, I think, um, you know, some people will, and, and David, you, you mentioned, uh, Porter, you mentioned uh, that someone's waiting for the Holy Spirit to speak to them. Right. The uh, yeah. And, and. The Holy Spirit does speak to us, but right. it's through His Word. That's right. You know, Very it's not going to be—it's not going to be a revelation. We're not going to see a vision. You know, I'm reminded of Rody Gumpad said. You know, before he became a Christian, he—he—they said, "Well, you just don't have enough faith. That's why—that's why you haven't uh, uh, heard the Holy Spirit. So you just got to have more faith." So he'd pray and pray and pray and pray, and nothing had happened. You know. And uh, that's not how it works. You know, he speaks to us through his word by us reading it, you know. That's and right. And let you got him... a smile on your face, David, like you've heard that today. Well, what's funny, yeah. is it was today. Johnny Edward, he's the one he's the instructor. He actually just talked about that, this talked is... about Rody. Right. And he was saying okay. that he pulled Rody aside and he said, be honest with me. He's like, what is that? You know, what is all this stuff? And he said, it's a show. <laughs> so Rody even admitted it, you know, it's a show. It, he was never speaking in tongues. He was never doing that. He said it was a yeah. show. And that's from his own words, you know. That's so funny that you brought Rody up because we were talking about I him just today. Re- well, I just remember him telling us because he's been to Blackfoot twice. Yeah. And and I remember him telling us that that he thought it was something wrong with him and he'd go back and he just wasn't getting this feeling and this vision or whatever that he was supposed to get. Um, and it made him because it wasn't happening. He didn't try to, it, it makes you wonder what people do if they just finally convince themselves that something's happening. Um, but he's, it, it led him to the truth actually, because it just wasn't working. It didn't make sense. This isn't real. And I don't know the rest of his story, but, you know, you start reading God's word and there's none of that in there. Right. And it's it, kind of like the kind of like the uh, the sinners, the sinners prayer. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, is the sinners prayer in the Bible? You know, no, no, nope. that was a man. Yeah. 
taught, you know, that taught by man. Nowhere, yeah. nowhere in the word of God is it there. And that yeah. that's again goes back to the importance of you taking the time to read his word. And you know mm-hmm. what? Everyone listening, I encourage you to dig into your Bible and try to prove us false. I mean, prove us true or or not, you know, everything we're saying, yeah. if we're well, wrong, we want to know. That's so, right. So speak up. We're only simply speaking what, what God has revealed to us through his written word. This is yeah. what God says. So obey it yeah don't take don't take my word for it take god's word for it right that's right all right do you have something to add david mm-hmm. all right so let's see here let's let's move on a little bit um chad do you have anything to add uh no i don't think so i think we so covered covered that really well so yeah so let's turn to psalm 119 and you know what we'll just i'll actually read the um we probably only have about five more minutes. Perfect. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make this point. I'm gonna drop the mic. You know. So <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> that sounds minutes. great. I, <laughs> I five that's what we need. The, the five minute mic drop. Is that what you said? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the five minute Perfect. mic drop. I like it. I like it. So Psalm one nineteen. We'll just read nine through sixteen. And again, I encourage everyone to read all of Psalm 119 because Psalm 119 has 176 verses and all of it is directed around the word of God and meditating and loving the word of God. But he also describes in here throughout the whole thing of why he loves it. It's because of God's righteousness and his perfection. He loves the word in its entirety as he says throughout it. But we'll just go through here because I want to bring out a point in verse 10. So we'll read 9 through 16 of Psalm 119. He says, how can a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to your word. Speaking of the word of God, by taking heed according to your word, with my whole heart I have sought you. Oh, let me not wander from your commandments. Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. With my lips, I have declared all the judgments of your mouth. I have rejoiced in the way of your testimonies. As much as in all riches, I will meditate on your precepts and contemplate your ways. I will delight myself in your statutes. I will not forget your word. So this this section is very beautiful. He starts out by asking a question. How can a young man cleanse his way? How can he be right with God? By taking heed according to your word. Read it. That's the only way that you can take heed to it and study it and meditate upon it. But then how are you to meditate upon it? How are you to read it? He answers that in verse 10. With my whole heart, I have sought you. Oh, let me not wander from your commandments. This is the the main point of it all. 
How do you come to the word of God? If you read it, that is great. But how do you read it? Do you read it with your whole heart? Do you seek to be pleasing to God with your whole heart? Or are you trying to keep a part of yourself aback? Like, Chad, you were talking about how people, I, I want to find a church that that is still will let me, you know, drink and, and cheat on my wife. Mm. So if a congregation will accept me, then then I'll do that, you know, rather than what does God say about this? You know, mm. seeking it with your whole heart, seeking his commandments. Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. How he's talking there is he doesn't just read it. He lives it. He meditates upon it. And he he takes it in and uses it in his everyday walk of life. That way he does not sin against his God. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good, a good drop the mic moment, unless you guys have something better. You better not. Well, I think it's just key. Just like what you're saying. Um, we can't expect to automatically know what we're supposed to be doing to be pleasing to God. We have to read, we have to understand. Um, we can lean on our brethren to understand more. Uh, we can strengthen each other. You know, that's what we do when we, when we come together for worship, we, 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 we encourage each other. I know we've talked about this before. Uh, any, maybe we've had a rough week and on a, on a Wednesday evening, we come to services or, and we're like, okay, let's get this over with. And as we study and we, we go through the evening, uh, you know, studying with each other, we're, we're encouraged, we're strengthened, uh, we're edified, built up. And I know all of us have felt that going, man, I'm so glad I came, you know, and, and, uh, to yeah. Bible study and we feel better. Um, we, we know the things that we got to correct in our lives, maybe better, or the things that we need to keep doing, you know, encourage one another. You know, and and it all comes from from reading and understanding God's word. So, amen. All right. Well, uh, I guess we'll we'll sign off here, and uh, uh, we appreciate everyone joining us um, this evening. Again, if you have any questions, send us an email. Uh, we'd love to, uh, or just even a comment. Um, we'd love to hear from you. And so we'll we'll be looking forward to seeing you next week. All right. Thank you, guys. Thank you.